0: What would the world look like if decisions were made by the people for the people? DAO or Never is here to break down how DAOs are disrupting traditional power structures and transforming the way we interact. If you're ready, let's get into today's episode.
1: Welcome to DAO or Never. This is the show to help you learn about the rapidly evolving world of DAOs from leaders and innovators in the Web3 world. I'm Isaac Patka and I'm joined today by co-summoner of the Logos DAO Jeffrey Arone. Every other week on DAO or Never, we share the latest developments in the DAO space. And this week, we have a lot to share from everything from decentralized science to the latest developments from DevCon, um, some fresh new hacks, and then also some reasons for optimism. So to start, I wanted to ask Jeffrey about the latest news that we just published throughout um, NeuroDao and how that kind of relates to kind of the field of academia and neuroscience research and what we might be able to uh, learn from DAOs to make that field work better. Yeah,
0: thanks, Isaac. um, Yeah, this one really caught my eye because I've always, um, you know, even before DAOs were really the thing, I've always felt like there's not enough collaboration across labs and companies and professors, you know, particularly my background. I, my um, undergrad and PhD work was in neuroscience. And, um, you know, I was always very hopeful that like most, uh, young PhD students, you know, you'd have this really big impact and, and do this life changing work. But in particular with the brain work is it takes a long time. There's, uh, unlike. Some sciences, it really truly requires multidisciplinary work, right? You can't just say, oh, I'm studying this one subject to really, really get into um, certainly like wet neuroscience. You need to understand physics, you need to understand chemistry, biology. And in, in my case, I did electrophysiology, which even though it sounds like some kind of aesthetic treatment you'd get at a spa, it's actually sticking electrodes into lab brain cells and trying to take measurements and understand how to communicate. And so when I was working on this, it, it always struck me that I, I felt very confident about the work I was doing. And then I'd like get this one great result and I'd be excited, go to my advisor and say, Hey, check this out. And he's like, great. Now do that 5,000 more times. Right. And, and really to make it understandably so. I mean, you have to get results that are statistically significant. So it doesn't, it's not this one-off anomaly. But then, you know, as I've been thinking about it with DAOs. It doesn't have to be that slow, right? If there's a way that you can at least, you know, conserve or preserve some of the concerns that labs and, you know, academic institutions or even corporations might have around IP or, you know, even ego, quite frankly. If you look at the academic space, one of the reasons why people don't want to share, unfortunately, unfortunately, yet to some degree, understandably, is that people don't want to get scooped to get a tenured professorship is exceptionally challenging. And, you know, the whole term publish or perish becomes a considerable factor. So it it happens, like sometimes labs talk to other labs and then they feel like, um, you know, that they're gonna run the risk of of not getting their credit and not getting their tenure. So I think a, a new healthy approach where certain aspects of research could have, say, data sharing standards. Right. Even if there's a way that you can, you know, obfuscate certain parts if you must, but have different portions of a kind of a meta experiment where people collaborate across different labs. And even, you know, in some cases, academia with corporate America, if it, if it has to be, I think you could really move, move the advancements on much, much faster. So I'm definitely very excited.
1: I wonder if Dow Science could also kind of help with that issue of... Um... Know, kind of that like selection bias in journals around only like positive results getting published and then everybody kind of repeating the same mistakes. And I wonder if by creating a bit more of a collaborative environment with explicit rights for cross lab collaboration and cross lab funding, if perhaps we might also learn from each other's mistakes more often than um, we just learn from whenever somebody finds out something clever or something works out.
0: Yeah, I think, I mean, I think that's very important. And again, it kind of goes back to like ego and, um, you know, I guess in fear of being ridiculed, right? Um, I, I think, you, yeah, there's definitely a lot that you can learn from from failures. It's funny. I um, was an entrepreneur in, in residence at Bessemer Ventures, and they and they still have it, I believe, on their website. Their anti portfolio. So, along with all the like great things they've done, they. They call out all the big investments that they missed. David Cowan, in particular, has a funny story about how he had to sneak out of the Google meeting because he thought it was like not worth his time. You know, on the scoop thing, it's it's, uh, you know, one of the uh, more interesting examples of uh, someone getting scooped is I don't know if you ever heard the story of like cosmic microwave background radiation that it was um, these two guys from Bell Labs, uh, Penzias and Wilson, we're trying to figure out why this giant satellite dish that they were working on was getting some static. They were like, they couldn't get rid of it. And they assumed that it was, you know, pigeon poop. And so they spent all this time like cleaning the satellite and doing everything to kind of enhance the signal. But as they were doing this, nothing really improved. In fact, and so what they, what they eventually realized was that they were getting basically cosmic background radiation that stems all the way back to, you know, the creation of, of the universe, right? And, you know, they talked to, they actually talked to a lab in, at Princeton that was doing very similar research. And there's a famous line, you know, the, the folks over at Princeton helped with the process, but when they first discovered what was going on, the folks at Princeton were like, gentlemen, we've been scooped. And it turns out that, You know, Penzias and Wilson got the Nobel Prize, the Princeton folks didn't, they probably should have as well. But anyways, a little side note on the cosmic microwave background radiation is, uh, old school TVs when you get the static, like the snowy static on a TV, like, I think like two or 3% of that is actually that same radiation from the origins of the universe.
1: Very cool. Well, speaking of TV and another competitive industry getting upended by DAOs, I've I've heard whispers of an idea like this for a long time, but it seems like perhaps now it's it's the market is ready for it. And um, we saw the StoryDAO launch, and so this is like a collaborative DAO-based producing and and screenwriting opportunity where people are going to collectively create a uh, create and produce uh, a movie, which could be terrible uh, if it's written by like a collective group of people, or potentially it could be interesting if the group is successful in promoting uh, creativity from within the DAO. So I'm curious what you think about DAOs collectively writing a movie. Good, bad, good idea, terrible idea.
0: Well, no matter what, it will be an interesting idea. I think that like anything else, you got to have like the bad actors out of the, I mean, again, it depends on how free form you want it and how you what the editorial process is, right? If there's, imagine a group of like 20 people writing a story and a handful of folks like really trying to get a cohesive narrative. And then of course, there's going to be the one or two people that are just going to like make it scandalous or turn it into like some kind of doubt erotica. So there's that. And then obviously writing styles might be very different. I know that actually ESPN has done this with their 30 for 30 series. And even I think Fargo, Um, Not the movie, but the subsequent spin-off series did a lot of episodes where they basically have different directors for each episode. So, I mean, I, I could see that being more effective where at least for some chunk of the narrative it's written by one person and so it's cohesive, but that's the beauty of a DAO is they can mess around with it and see what works.
1: Yeah, for sure. Either way, we'll get something creative and artistic out of it. So I just came back from DevCon and DAOs were, on, were the topic of conversation, but also a lot of info on like zero knowledge and stuff like that, which is kind of a side of the industry that I haven't been paying much attention to. But yeah, DevCon was a pretty exciting time. You gave a
0: talk there that I heard was quite successful.
1: Yes. So I had a good time and a good title. So I was I, I think that, um, that attracted a lot of folks to the talk that I gave on exploiting DAOs, and specifically exploiting um, inattention and optimistic design in DAOs. And so what I talked about here was um, a hack that I was able to uh, perform on a DAO, not through a smart contract issue, but through a configuration issue, where because the DAO was configured in such a way that they assume people would be paying attention and be able to veto malicious proposals in time, I was able to take advantage of the same system that they used for like quick voting and gasless voting for proposals um, to actually drain money from the DAO and demonstrate how DAOs can protect themselves from that in the future. And so I had a really good turnout. I think I, I effectively was able to scare people because I had enough people coming up after saying, hey, can you help me make sure that my DAO is is uh, not about to get hacked next? So uh, yes, yeah, so I consider that a, a a success and um, i think we'll include the link to those slides into the presentation in the notes
0: yeah that would be great i don't know if you have a video of it but yeah the presentation would be i think great to share yeah
1: and at your recommendation we included a little like uh, 10 steps to keep your DAO safe as, as something that we can share out afterwards and just a great idea because those 10 steps about just like basic things you can do for your DAO and and your business process in running and participating in these things um hopefully that continues to get shared out i've already seen it shared a bit um after the talk but if people just follow those steps then maybe uh maybe DAOs will work after all I,
0: i i agree and i appreciate that uh you're spreading the good word on a different note i know we mentioned the um you know nouns recently and little little nouns i'd love to hear more about how that's going
1: yeah, so we did a fork, uh, or I think they prefer to call it an extension of the Nouns DAO ecosystem, um, which is a system where a new NFT, uh, which is also the voting share, gets auctioned off every day and gives the winner, um, you know, direct governance and votes in in the DAO. So the proceeds of all the auctions go into the treasury, and then that's controlled by the token holders. And so the DAO, the Nouns DAO, adds one new member every day through this auction mechanism. And what we did is we used that same auction mechanism to create a DAO specifically for uh, funding public goods. And so we worked with a lot of public goods-focused organizations, including Gitcoin and Penvala and DAOs like Metacartel, ecosystems like Moloch and also uh, Radical. And optimism, and and all of these different ecosystems that are building things for public goods, and we thought we should create a version of this DAO, which has, uh, in our case, a twice daily auction, and all the proceeds of that would go towards funding public goods. And it's been out for about a week and a half, and we've we've already raised a little over 170,000 US, so a little over 130 ETH. And so going to the conference, I mean, the reception has just been was just great. Like I actually saw two people at the conference that had the a public noun as their badge as like an image on their badge like they were proudly showing off which public noun they were and so it was really exciting to just see um, the traction in both being able to raise money for public goods and also that the community is recognizing it and supporting it and getting excited
0: that's fantastic love the idea and i think just to reiterate because again this I, i know i mentioned this before but i like to go back to some of these points is that this isn't just an nft right it's A lot of these NFTs are, are, the NFT is basically a representation of kind of a greater thing, which in this case is access to a treasury that does good stuff.
1: Yeah, exactly. So you both have the ability to vote on what we donate money to, um, but you also are in a club of other public goods focused people. So if you want to take it in a different direction, if you want to add more organizations, getting a public noun is kind of the way to to get into that ecosystem and, and make a difference.
0: Well, that's it on my side. Did you have anything else you wanted to cover this week, Isaac?
1: Uh, One last thing that I'll leave people with is the news of an interesting hack that went down while I was at DevCon. And so I was in in an Uber home late at night, reading crypto Twitter as one does, um, and found that there was a new hack of a DeFi ecosystem on the Solana blockchain. And so I'm not too much of an expert on the details, but there are a couple of quirks of this hack which make it especially notable. And as some people at DevCon were saying, it almost seems like it's performance art at this point. So the hacker was able to exploit um, some issue in the DeFi protocol to drain a lot of both funds and governance tokens from the protocol itself. Um, So imagine it was just some sort of lending protocol or something. They were able to take a lot of the capital and governance tokens from this community uh, called Mango. And then the hacker went... It's it's not uncommon for the hacker to speak out in some way, like send a message saying like, hey, got you, like, here, I'll give you some of your money back if I can keep some as a bug bounty. But in this case, the hacker went to the DAO, made a proposal on on the DAO's voting platform saying... Hey guys, this is the hacker, so I got your money, and I think that I'll give some back, but I'd like to keep this much, and if you vote for this proposal, uh, I will keep some money, I will send back some money, and you're also promising not to send the police after me. And so they were basically trying to absolve themselves of their crime uh, through governance, and then, using their stolen governance tokens, voted yes, that they should absolve themselves. So it's just a bizarre thing that's happening in the world of like completely liquid governance that somebody can steal governance and then vote not to pursue them criminally.
0: That's pretty bold. I mean, I don't want to uh, commend that behavior, but I'd be lying if I said I didn't find it kind of funny.
1: Maybe it has some analogies to the traditional world where if you buy enough influence and power, you can start absolving yourself of crimes. But maybe that's a topic for another day.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, it's... It's a complicated situation. It's wrong. I mean, come on. Like, it's not, right. I'm not suggesting otherwise, but I, I think the, uh, I think the boldness of it makes it a tiny bit funny.
1: It's a little funny. It's a little bit artistic and like a, if L hacks from now on involved a proposal from the person saying like, please absolve me of my guilt. Um, I mean, well, it just makes crypto an even weirder place. It reminds me
0: of a story. I'm, I'm really into stories today. When I was overseas, I don't want to name the country, but it was in a country where I did not speak the language and I got mugged. And I thought that, I know this is surprising for folks to hear, but it was very clearly like they wanted my money. These folks didn't want to hurt me. Although I can assure you that given the weapons they had and the size of the two gentlemen mugging me, they could have hurt me. And I gave them whatever money I had. Fortunately, they didn't check my sock, which had most of my money. But they took the money and I, and I was going away, and then one of the guys just grabbed me by the, you know, like by the shoulder, pretty rough, and he like brought me in, and then the two guys started arguing, and then the bigger guy was like, no, and he took the money and he gave some to the other guy, kept most, kept most for himself, and then gave me a little bit of money, and I always wonder. It's it reminds me of the situation, but I always wondered what was going through their heads. My guess is that. They didn't want to leave me completely broke, and you know that way, like I'd go to the police or you know the U.S. embassy or whatever. But um, that always cracked me up. It really. I don't think it was. Um, I don't think he was like a kind person. <laughs> I really think it was about self preservation.
1: Hmm. Yeah, that, that's really interesting. Yeah, I wonder how we'll see that play out in this the Wild West of of crypto. They like. I've always wondered. I was a little worried going to Bogota. Do the do the muggers let you keep your ID? <laughs> it's
0: a good question. I mean not to be uh, a smart ass or anything i mean i guess if they're into id theft then no but i'm trying to think of why they would want to keep your id i mean i guess if
1: they were going to kill you then you might make it <laughs> anyway on that note <laughs> happy uh, this weekend Dows and uh, happy to be back from devcon safely and uh, yeah looking forward to we've got a few a few really exciting trips coming up to uh, more residencies and stuff, so uh, lots of lots of content to share. Lots of new DAOs forming. Um, oh, and I, I lastly I want to just uh, encourage people if they have not been to the latest version of Logos um, to check out Logos.xyz, go through the onboarding quiz, the onboarding assessment, um, earn a badge, and uh, start the process of getting matched into uh, your perfect community, and perhaps even getting a chance to get a grant to start your own uh, to start your own DAO. So yeah, check out Logos.xyz and uh, see what we've been working on. Cool.
0: See you in Miami, Isaac.
1: Take care everyone. Hope you enjoyed today's episode of Dow or Never. Make sure to subscribe at logos.xyz/podcast and follow us on Twitter
0: at @0xlogos so you never miss out on any of the latest happenings in the Dow world.
1: It's Dow or Never.